Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said from this pulpit that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit that's according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing, obey. Amen. Let your light shine. Sermon on the Mount. Let your light shine. That simple. Let it shine, let it shine. How do we not get that one today? <laughs> let your light shine. Not complicated. Life is so complicated. At least mine is. <laughs> Understatement of the century, I'll tell you that right now. Life is so complicated. You know who else's life is complicated? Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Got a complicated life right now. <laughs> oh, is your life complicated? Have you complicated your life? Take a minute. Where have you complicated your life? Where is life really complicated right now? If anyone has to go to the DMV this week, you have a complicated life. Going to the DMV is, is very complicated. I, I have had, uh, I remember going to the DMV and uh, one on one occasion and uh, forgetting all of my stuff and, and, and being paranoid about the eye test and then taking the picture and not being happy with it. The DMV is a complicated place and I, like every upstanding red-blooded American, put it off as much and as for as long as I can because it's, it's so complicated. I was once forced into going by my wife because uh, we had a 10-hour drive to Appalachia for a mission trip coming up and she was concerned about this northeastern boy going into the south with an expired license and what might happen to me if I was pulled over. So I went to that complicated place so that I could go to another complicated place to serve in a complicated way in mission. Life is so complicated. We're always doing things that are complicated. Let your light shine. That's simple though, isn't it? On that mission trip, my group was actually charged with working in a trailer. And we were peeling back this eighth of an inch paneling from the trailer walls. You know, it's stapled in there. So thin. Do you know what kind of paneling I'm talking about? We had to peel it back and take out the old useless insulation. It was wet. Rodents had been living in it. We had to peel that out so that we could staple in the new pink fluffy stuff. And there was no money to buy new paneling and so we had to do it in a very complicated way. We had to take it off so gently 
so that we could staple it back on. And it was rain damaged and it's thin and it's old and so it just kept wanting, it wanted to crack. But we did such a good job even under those complicated conditions and we got the paneling off and back on and I think maybe we only broke one or two pieces which wasn't bad. We did such a great job, in fact, that one of my group said, well, it doesn't do much good to take before and after pictures. It looks just the same as when we got here. And she was right. The place didn't look any different, but it was different. The house was warmer because we were there. It will be warmer. And that is how we know that even in that complicated work, we shined. You know you're shining, let your light shine. You know you're shining if the place you leave is warmer than it was when you found it. Can you imagine if that is how you were known? If that is how our church was known when he is around, when she's around, when that church is around, boy, things get warmer. You know you're shining if the place you leave is warmer than, you, than it was when you found it. It's a good way to live. It really is, it's a good way to live. It's an adjustment, right? It's an adjustment in the way that we think about what it means to be a person of faith. Because a lot of times when we think about what it means to be a, a, a good upstanding person of faith, it's how did I follow the, the moral rules, right? Which are good and they can be a way of shining. But the effect that we have, if we think about that as the central, as the pull to what it means to be a church, a people of faith, is it warmer because we were here that's an adjustment, it's a necessary adjustment, and it's an adjustment that needed to be made in, in the first century community of faith, just as it likely needs to be made in most 21st century communities of faith. Did you know that Jesus brings the Sermon on the Mount? This little passage came from the Sermon on the Mount. Do you know he brings it into an extremely complicated world, as if we thought we were the only world that could be complicated. That was an extremely complicated world. Edwin Van Driel puts it this way. He says, Jesus' sermon was not an expression of some general ethical rules, but an intervention into a heated debate concerning the political and religious course that he was called to steer. It was an intervention. The sermon was an intervention 
into a heated debate. See, this community is a community that remembers full well the grand promises of God and how they have been promised land and wealth by God. And yet there they are, they're struggling under the great military occupation of Rome. And everyone, as you might imagine, has an opinion about what to do about that, which makes life complicated. What do we do about it? Jewish leaders are all over the place in terms of how the community should react to this occupation. In fact, there's this fierce tension between the factions of leaders that would have made the U.S. Congress blush. It was that serious. All of this. So as Jesus takes his place on, on the mount to give this sermon, he does so with the understanding this is not a monolithic group listening to him. There are representatives from all these different points of view about what do we do with this that will be listening and they want to hear what he has to say. And there are at least three points of view that we should be aware of. First, there are the Sadducees. Have you heard that word before? The Sadducees. The Sadducees are Jewish leaders that are known to have deep connections with the Hellenized or Greek culture and its aristocracy. That's the Sadducees. They have little interest in the common people. They're connected to Rome. They're content to cozy up to Rome. They want to make lemonade out of these lemons. They're willing to take the, if you can't beat them, join them approach. So they're kind of wondering if Jesus will say, hey, listen, it's okay. Let's just get along. That's the Sadducees. Well, the Zealots, no, no, no. The Zealots are on the other end of the spectrum. The Zealots disagree with the Sadducees entirely. They are looking for any opportunity to take up arms against Rome. Even if they are vastly outnumbered, they'd rather die than live this way. So when the Zealots listen to Jesus. They're wondering if he's going to ignite the revolt that they're waiting for, you see. And finally, you have the, anybody? The Pharisees. The Pharisees, you'll probably recall because they're mentioned over and over again, especially in the Gospel of Matthew. And some of them side with the Sadducees and some of them side with the Zealots, but most of them just figure that the best course of action, and Jesus, we hope you say this, is to just, you know, get aligned with the Torah, right, the law. But Jesus doesn't say any of what they are hoping that he will say. Even as the religious and political world in the first century Palestine is extremely complicated, we can learn then how we, by listening to what Jesus has to say in this moment, in the Sermon on the Mount, we can see what he's called, calling us to do in our complicated lives. Don't you want to know what Jesus wants you to do in your complicated life? Don't you want to know? They wanted to know. They didn't really like the answer probably, at least at first, but he tells them. He cuts through it all and he says, shine. 
Let your light shine. Stop worrying about what to do with Rome or about winning an argument or about gaining power. Let your light shine. Oh, Kirk in the Hills and all of your complication. That's all it is. Shine. By the way, have you ever seen one of these lamps? Have you ever seen a picture of one of these lamps that Jesus is talking about? It's a small clay bowl. It's filled with oil and there's a little wick that comes out of it. And primarily these lamps were used to bring light into a dark room. But do you know what else they did? They put off a little heat. Over and against all of the complication that runs through politics and religion from the first century to the 21st century, the one dreadfully simple question that the followers of Jesus, I think, need to be asking is this. What will happen if all the little lamps get shining? What will happen if all these little lamps get shining? Things will get warmer. Things will get warmer. And things need to get warmer. Let me tell you just a little bit more about that woman who lives in that trailer in Appalachia, the one with the paneling. She's married to a sweet, if rather unintelligent man. Her son has cerebral palsy. She sits on her chair and she plays video games and watches television shows all day. She chain smokes cigarettes. She pounds cans of Pepsi. I never noticed her to be particularly nice to anyone. And on several occasions, I caught her being downright mean, even to me. I tell, I tell all of this because, quite frankly, these are the facts, and sometimes we, we romanticize poverty. But it's complicated. Complicated. On one afternoon as we shared lunch together, this woman opened up to us and she told us about her life and how she was one of 12 children and, and how her father died when she was young. She told us her story, how, how her son was born and he was only four pounds. She told us about how he died on her twice and how his heart is so weak and how she can barely sleep at night. She tells us about how he has had to wear a diaper since he was nine and how she's lived in that town her whole life. She tells us all about her trailer and how cold it gets. She tell the, tells us about how the floors and the walls freeze so that she doesn't want to touch them. And I realize the amount of frigidity that she has experienced in her life. The world needs so much more warmth I wonder if you told your story how much frigidity others would hear in it. I bet you need to stay warm too. We listened when she told us her story. We didn't say much because there wasn't much to say. And later that afternoon though, she came out with a little book in her hand and it was so lovely. She opened it up and we saw that 
there were names and addresses of mission teams that had come to see her in the past. And she tells us about these teams, how one came from Connecticut to put a deck on her house so that her son could sit out and look at the view, and another that came and, and put skirting around her trailer, and another that came and fixed the roof. And, and then she hands out these pictures of these groups, and, and, and as she does, she beams with pride and even joy. And, and as she did this, I thought about how one day we would be in that book and maybe in one of those pictures that she beams over and hands around. And I thought about how, yes, we made her trailer warmer. But I also thought about how in that afternoon we made something about her warmer. And I also thought about how somewhere in that afternoon God was making us warmer, helping us to understand that in and amidst all of the complication of life, the frigidity of life, he is present to us, his light shining in us, bringing warmth where it is needed. Let your light shine before others, Jesus says. Let it shine. And how do you know if you are shining? Every time you leave a place, ask yourself this question. Is that place warmer because I was there? Stop worrying about whether or not people deserve your warmth. Stop worrying about whether or not people will appreciate it. Stop worrying about whether or not you're going to find the right words or do it the right way. Just let it shine. All the worrying is just going to complicate it. And it's not complicated. There's no test to take. There's only one question, in fact. Did you make it warmer? Did you? Make your little corner warmer. I hope so. And I hope you'll stay warm. Amen.